0: What's going down podcast listener? Welcome back to the Symbiosis Now podcast. I'm Tyler Columbaro and I'm the host of the show. And on this show, we like to have a good conversation every episode guaranteed all in hopes of inspiring you to get out there and have your own open conversations with a friend a family member or maybe even your enemy each episode we star a special guest where we have an in-depth action-packed often intellectual spiritual practically psychedelic and all-inclusive types of conversation and we have a good fucking time with it so folks you can find us online where the symbiosis now network where there's some links to the podcasts plural podcasts because we have a couple others underneath the network blanket and without further ado let us voyage into the yonder of conversation with our very special guest on the symbiosis now podcast
1: oh yeah it's on oh, the back yeah. side of this flyer this is actually his real business card yeah that's his badass
0: exclusive business card that he left for the Symbiosis Now that is podcast exclusive guests cause... and listeners to see. That's a blacked out special card. Look at the back. When you're in his office, Look at the back you beekeeper. Get the gay, like... Look at the back, beekeeper. Ooh. Yeah. It's got the little cool little logo design with all the colors popping out. I love it. It's got that
1: fancy ass shit going on on this table right here. I still have your, um, that I was going to gift you. I haven't used it yet your colony that you said that you didn't or your beekeeping it's like a kit that i made for you yeah i haven't given it to you yet but i still have it i was gonna give it to you last last year when we made the last podcast i think it was a year ago
0: or two years ago i don't know folks but me and claudia were jumping into it and it's it's last time we did an episode was episode number 77 yeah just plant some plant some pollinator type varieties that the pollinators love and just get a lot of pollen from. Oh, I yeah. like planting cover crops all the time anyways. So really it just gives them something to do. Dude. You're right. I need to pop my backyard with some bees where all of a sudden my neighbors can be like, dude, do you got like a <laughs> – I know this is weird asking you this, but uh, do you by any chance like have like a, a bee farm back there too or something like that? Cause <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking because there's a lot of bees be like yeah actually i got a couple dozen boxes <laughs> a couple couple hundred frames back there of good old honeybees apis mellifera am i wrong that's a scientific name apis mellifera that is the west the western european honeybee or whatever right let me see i'm pretty sure i
1: will fact check you call
0: now. me out folks i know my bees apis mellifera final answer on jeopardy what is my, my what is Apis mellifera? Apis malifera is
1: the western honeybee.
0: Like you sure. said, ferris is fera. Like, ah, loses the money.
1: There's like seven to 12 species under that one.
0: Yeah, but hey, I'm kind of close. Yeah, I'm down to take your bees, Kayo. Give them up. Well, the thing <laughs> is,
1: like, it's no, just... I don't know. We'll
0: talk about it more off the podcast for yeah, sure. Like but right. what we were saying before your phone rang... Was it, this is episode 154, bro, and you haven't came on since 77. If wow. you add 77 to 77, isn't that 154?
1: Damn. I didn't even know that
0: until right now. I didn't plan that. Is this 154 or
1: 144? This is
0: 154.
1: You are lying to I'm me. I'm not lying
0: now. I'm, I'm too stupid. I got to break out the calculator, sadly. <laughs> but it's mainly because I'm just so into our conversation right now. Is It's 77 times 2 is 154, which is just a number. Numbers don't mean anything, some people would say. But I beg to differ. It is fate that we were sitting here tonight for the Symbiosis Now podcast. And we also recorded an episode of the Cali Ag podcast just before this. So uh, go check that out that for is. sure, for sure, for sure. Definitely. Episode 14.
1: Dude, I learned so much off that Caliag. Which 7
0: plus 7 is also 14, and we did the Cali Ag podcast number 14 prior to this as well. has nothing to do with anything, but 7 just comes up in my life a lot. And honestly, me and Kyle here have gotten into some shit together over the years.
1: Definitely, man. Like, and
0: we were buddies in high school We would share the good old laughs. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the true kid laughs.
1: <laughs> you were a really good friend of mine, man.
0: You were a lot of fun. You know, and I felt like I I always admire our relationship. Uh, But, you know, there came a day, bro, where we were fucking around trying to learn about psychedelics. And I'm over here, like, you know, sitting my happy ass on my couch. And I get a text message from none other than yours truly,
1: Kyle. I'm so sorry for that. and he's like, bro, you want to do some acid? I'm so sorry. No, no, no.
0: I wasn't on the couch. I remember I was at the library, but I was at the Reedley library dropping off like rented DVDs or something because I was doing that kind of stuff in my life, you know, trying to be all hippie. I was looking into psychedelics, renting movies from the library, like old school shit, you know? So you were into psychedelics before, right? I was. Yeah. And it was almost like it was meant to be in the sense that I ruined my life based on a premise of just thinking as a young naive kid I was 19 that i just wanted to get i just wanted to get high i just wanted to change my consciousness now looking back i didn't revere respect anything in life really i was a f- frayed little kid and i wanted to try something to alter my consciousness right that's what i wanted to do i didn't understand the difference between different drugs that change your consciousness. I just wanted to use a drug. That's really why when you hit me up, I was like, yeah, dude, I'm fucking down. I don't want to try acid. People tell me stories. My own father told me crazy stories that he would like almost like, he'd laugh about He would never say like at the end, like, yeah, but don't do that shit. It'd be like, that shit's crazy, man. Like, you know, almost making it sound like kind of cool. Like, like, oh shit, maybe I'll try that one day, you know? So when someone gives you the old text message, think twice. (laughs) I swear, dude. Yeah, but sometimes it's meant to be, and it sounds horrible.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, I'd definitely encourage a listener to check out episode number 77 of the Symbiosis Now podcast, this podcast, for sure, because we talked about it more in reflection. And also, it was recorded years ago, so maybe the audio is not as good, and maybe I'm not as well-spoken, but episode number 18 is when I tell the full-on story of when I went to jail over this and everything, the whole nine. So, to save you... And to save Kaio and the listener time right now, we don't have to talk about the full story of how that night went down. I would encourage you to go check those episodes out so that you can understand where we're coming from and why our conversation is the way it is. But we'll include some historical fact and evidence.
1: Especially if you're going to try some designer psychedelics.
0: Yeah, you got to be careful, yeah, folks. Yeah. And in, in the recent years, um, the fentanyl pandemic, oh, that shit's or surreal. epidemic, or whatever you would call it, is so real that everyone in the household is now aware that if you get your hands on some kind of substance that's a powder or an unknown thing, you don't know where it's it's been, who's touched hands with it, what it's come across, what is in it from the start, from maybe five buyers down the line. Maybe they cut it with something to make it go further. You don't know anymore who did what. There's no paperwork. There's no nothing. This is the real threat to the common person in the United States. People fear fentanyl overdose and opiate overdose a lot. And honestly, we used to blame Big Pharma. Now we just blame drug addicts. But I still think Big Pharma is yeah, the problem here.
1: The, the developers of Oxycontin really fucked this nation up. Man. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. yeah.
0: The Sacklers.
1: The Sacklers. Yeah, they dropped their
0: sack straight on the fucking American right? public
1: with their I- grasp. I swear, they were just, like, pushing it on everybody. On kids, on fucking adults with, like, headaches. It's, like...
0: So people now, like, when they get a hold of does. something, like, even, like, cocaine, a lot of people are, like, weary. right? I don't do coke. I, I never really was into blow, right? But people do it. I know people do it. Oh, definitely. Sure. People yeah. still do it. But they're more weary about it these days. When people die, they know someone that's, like, yo, they just got high and fucking gone. Dead.
1: Yeah, you like, got to get a straight dealer that doesn't fuck
0: with not like no. they were going off the rails and they were doing like too much coke and they weren't eating and they were just tripping balls and they got hit by a car like some crazy story like most tweakers end up or whatever right like sadly Yeah. but this is like someone just like occasionally likes to do blow they got their hands on some blow and fucking did it boom dead because there was fentanyl in it and they had, there was no way of them knowing now it has opened the eyes to the public of well you don't know what's in that but when we were kids, bro, it was in the early 2000s, right? The, the aughts into the early teens, like 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14 is when this occurred. But at that time, Xanax was a huge uh, recreational substance that a lot of the youth were using, for sure. Cannabis weed smoking weed right that's what we would call it blazing bro blaze it for 20 say <laughs> all the shit yeah. but that's what we would do right a lot of people would smoke weed they would go to the parties and drink a bunch they would do xanax but a lot of people didn't do cocaine in the groups that i were in but it depends on what groups you're running they with,
1: did like right? ecstasy maybe right
0: like, like some wild shit though some designer shit that like yeah. you don't know what's in it you it know? was like
1: meth based like it was like normal kind of stuff it, w- it wasn't like oh shit, it might have fat it
0: might kill you it yeah. might kill it, w- it usually wasn't about killing the user mm-hmm. because that was never the intention from a, even a drug dealer standpoint call them immoral whatever the society wants to call a drug dealer but at least they weren't putting stuff in it to kill their consumers they wanted them to keep coming back sadly you know Definitely. and now it's like there's this shamelessness of like let's just let's just even if they die we'll cut it with this like because they don't you know it's what it is what it is like you know it's like no we need the money now we don't care if they come back again it's like well, that, that's weird but it's a weird cycle anyways the black market of drugs it's a weird anyways, business it
1: Definitely. really is yeah
0: there's no uh, clean way to get her done you know, there's 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 been stories of paraquat pot in the 70s, bro, where they said that in, in Mexico, the cartel was growing a bunch of cannabis and the the government sprayed it with paraquat to like kill their crops, but they were, it would just dry the plant out but they'd sell it anyways. And so it was theoretical that a lot of people were smoking paraquat on their cannabis, what which the is paraquat's gnarly like herbicide, fuck, yeah. you know? They don't even sell it anymore, like, in this state, that's for sure, yeah. 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 So, like, it's not a new thing, but... Is uh, that glyphosate at the end of it? I don't know, no, I don't know. But when we were coming of age, right, when we were 18, 19, 20 years old, it was, like, the early 2010s, right, 2012, 15-ish era. And this was apparently when there was the highest known amount of incarcerations in the United States... Uh, like uh, law enforcement sector, there was the most amount of incarcerations public-wide in 2014 when you look at statistics, right? I don't know if it's gone up or down since then. I'm pretty sure it's probably gone up. But that was a significant year for incarcerations, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But it, it there's never a breakdown of who got incarcerated and why was it justifiable was it for other what was it for the wrong reasons did that include the um, Ferguson riots and then now that's a lot more people now nationwide kind of like the first Black Lives Matter movement some people would call it you know in the 2014 era and uh, but anyways it's not necessarily the part of the story that stands out it's just interesting that that year uh, we had police contact because of basically deciding to do some substance that we didn't know what it really was or what was actually in it and now people are now more aware of that but in this time era that we're discussing in the early 2010s people were they were aware that drugs could be whatever you don't know what you're getting it could be something that doesn't even get you high but it's your stupid ass because you don't know what you're buying on the black market right but it was never like you're gonna for sure die just with one like minor rip or hit or uh dose or even just contact with this maybe like you know um let alone what kayo and i experimented with because it was an unknown at the time research chemicals, the way that i learned it at like to be called because i still don't really know what else to call it into a category it's like a research form of a psychedelic but these things aren't necessarily um detectable by powder in like a test form from most officers even if they had you in in, said you have possession of drugs but if they tested it they couldn't test it for amphetamines or LSD or anything because it's not any of those chemical structures it's some unknown chemical structure so it's not technically illegal in the states right
1: they'd have to spinal tap you to find this one
0: right which when I was in the hospital when I woke up the next day when I was arrested after this experience they couldn't find anything in my system because I didn't drink I didn't do any other drugs of any kind. I think they found cannabis in my system, but they, they were like, this wouldn't have made you like this. They were all yeah, logic. Yeah. All of a sudden, the doctors are like, this would have made you more relaxed. This wouldn't have done this to you. <laughs> of course you know, not. they're like, no, it could not have been the cannabis. Fighting officers, like, oh, heaven forbid, cannabis wouldn't do that to nobody. You know? So all of a sudden, the doctors want to be like, you know, uh, hypocritical in that moment all of a sudden. But um, anyways, these substances, right, at the time, no one knew. Um, neither did we bro really no one really thought about what's in this how potent is it how how important is the dosage really right like we were thinking hippie minded like the 60s bro when people were eating acid and there was no dosage they just eat whatever you know we were so bad we were like that we were just like hey just put some in there and we'll just you know we'll do that and we're good like you know it's it's a sketchy operation when you're in the uh, the drug world and your kids and you don't know what the fuck's going on and you're thinking this is going to take you to like heaven you know on earth or something in your mind before you're getting high on whatever this is that you were told will do that, you know?
1: I think we had like a gallon of water and I just poured all the the powder that I had of this specific one. In there was three baggies, correct th- me if I'm wrong, right? Yeah, three different and ones. they each had
0: an acronym on them, like a chemical name structure, but an acronym for them.
1: Exactly. And, and like, one of
0: them was DOC.
1: DOC, yes. That's the one that I looked up.
0: Actually. Yeah? Yeah. You got information on this? Folks, this is an exclusive look at some shit that actually hit the news years after this incident with Kyle and I happened that all of a sudden the public was more aware it was on the news my parents told me they saw it on like fox news or something where they were talking about these unknown research chemicals coming from across overseas that kids are trying and dying from and committing acts of terror or whatever like where kids were like in the streets trying to get hit by a car or something because they ingested similar things to what we're talking about right now unknown research chemicals from you know china and other places that you can order online you know, kids were trying to do the similar things that we were at that era, in that era,
1: you know. It was, like, after this, this whole... This yeah. was
0: years after that, but there was some kind of validation, at least in the public sphere at some point, that this is a thing to look out for out there. And then the fentanyl crisis has started since then. So it's opened people's eyes to beware of what you're touching, where you're coming into contact with what you're doing. If you want to change your consciousness, you better be fucking careful now, mm-hmm. you know.
1: All right, so the stuff that we tried... Um specifically with me and you this is what we tried the most of it was like three different ones it was called MIPT, MET, and d-o-c but d-o-c was the one that we did the most of it was we poured it all in a gallon and we were just drinking it all day and it is fair to say that on here on the notes it says anyone who uses this had better have 24 hours at their disposal per dose
0: from the time of ingesting this substance, yeah. you need 24-hour recovery before you can be doing something again, which we did not know
1: per dose. at that time.
0: Per dose.
1: Yes. And this the dose is, the dosage is in milligrams, and we took grams. We took probably like three grams each, and the dosage is 1.5 to 3.0 milligrams.
0: Milligrams?
1: Milligrams. So we took probably, like, a hundred times what?
0: I want to laugh, but
1: it's like, fuck. Yeah, I, I totally read it wrong. Like, imagine if,
0: like, someone's, like, uh they, they do an eight ball of cocaine. I don't even know cocaine, but if they do, like, an eight ball of cocaine, you could, like, die. Like, if you do it straight, just, <laughs> you could fucking die. Your heart could stop. But, like, that's only, like, an average, like, max dose, but we did, like, a hundred times that, basically, kind of thing.
1: Totally. It says um, this guy, uh, his name's Alexander Shulgin, and uh, I have his uh, Bible of psychedelics on me. I have both Bibles, actually. It's called P-Cal and T-Cal. I don't know if you've heard of them, Tyler. Have you heard of P-Cal and T-Cal? No. Well, these are basically psychedelic Bibles. And he, he, uh, he's the one... Alexander Shulgin specifically is the one that synthesized MDMA for use, for public use, recreational use. Uh huh. And um, he's most famous for going to Brazil and having everybody try it there. Everybody in Brazil, basically, or everybody that has money, at least. And so they all tried it. So MDMA is like an amazing drug, and if you find it pure and non-smashed or mixed with anything else like I recommend using MDMA as a therapy drug like at least for couples therapy or maybe you want to find yourself or you want to do something spiritual MDMA amazing drug so I have his two Bibles TCAL and PCAL and basically um, in these two uh, big big ass books that are like 800 pages long each, 900 pages long. Half of it is like a story, he tells a story of like his life on the first one, and on the second one he tells a story of what happened after his first book. And um, basically he got he got harassed by the DA, the Drug Enforcement Agency, and he moved to Brazil on his second book and that's where he did all the MDMA trials with all his patients in Brazil. Rich patients, I should add.
0: Right. But anyways,
1: on, um, P-Cal, he, uh, he talks about the DOC, which is the one that we took the most of, at least 10 times the amount we should have taken.
0: At least. It sounds about like a hundred, but
1: yeah. Well, like we, I poured it all into a gallon and it was like at least like three grams of it and one dosage is 1.5 milligrams and at the end of the The whole experience that we had, I measured the gallon and we had like half a gallon left. So, pretty sure we took. Okay,
0: I get what you mean, though. Yeah, like we have to half that at least, or what? At least, right? Yeah. Yeah, so three grand. It's hard to speculate for sure. Allison was also involved and she ingested some too. So, who's to say how much she did too? Yeah. You know,
1: I also had friends and they ingested some too, but they weren't as bad as we were. We were drinking that. Like, if it was.
0: Like, we were super people. We because, thought we could just fight the gods off.
1: In the beginning, that's how you feel, though. That, like, So we were drinking it like... Mm. Yeah. Like we felt like there was a calling
0: or something. Like I felt like there was an exploration at hand, but it was a false sense. It was an ego sense. Looking back, my lizard tendencies came out quickly as reality changed around me that evening, for sure, to where I was no longer clearly like... Tyler columbaro I was this uh primate type reptile type thing uh with an antenna in my mind constantly desperate trying to find my way on this huge earth like I don't know what I'm doing you know that's all I remember that's all I remember to get from the night that's all I remember that was worth any kind of um remembering or positive slash weird type of thinking. The rest of it was just traumatizing because I got beat to shit by the cops and then had to be in jail and had to go through this part Like this extra layer of like, you did something wrong to where my life literally changed from that moment to the next, literally, undoubtedly, when you, you all of a sudden you'd like to say, you know, I live a pretty calm life. I'm pretty cool. People like me. I got things going on for myself. And then all of a sudden the next day, wake up in a fucking hospital bed shackled to it and be like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to be in jail. I'm going to go to prison. Like what? You know, it literally changed to where I almost felt like I died in, in those yeah. those days after where I may, may have died that night. And then this is how I got reincarnated into this shit situation but at least i'm still tyler and i still got connections to like my family and i still remember things somehow and stuff so it's like that puts that off the table but something extreme trauma-wise happened to me and i think it's a combination of this substance that we ingested along with the aftermath from that point because it's almost like law enforcement is the detector and uh slaughterer incarcerator uh uh what's it called Uh, executioner when it comes to consciousness because they will immediately when you put it get put in handcuffs or anything like that you are in a different level of consciousness my friend you immediately feel like a weak person like you are nothing you know you are nothing you have no power over any you think freedom that's all gone whatever that means you didn't have an
1: ego death before then
0: no, I don't know because this was a short amount of time, though, from when I feel like we ingested this and you left. So then I decided to somehow drive for some unfucking known reason and then crashed somewhere. And then the cops came and found me, and I don't really remember anything. I think the trauma from rolling my truck off of the road and, um, the cops somehow showing up and literally beating me up at some point, whether it was my fault or whatever. Obviously, I was probably aggressive, right? Or something. My my reptile tendencies came out that
1: evening. Like I said, it reptile was a weird tendencies. thing that I don't
0: remember. I also literally got concussed from them knocking me out with their fucking hands.
1: Like, you know. And then the crash, obviously...
0: With their fist, you know what I mean? Yeah, and the crash, too. Like, who knows? Like, I didn't have my seatbelt on. Like, who knows, man? Like, I don't know because I don't recall anything. There was a lot of literal brain trauma associated that night uh-huh. along with this drug trauma on top of it. So, like, layer those two. And then the trauma of your life sucking dick now in fucking jail. I didn't suck dick in jail, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. it sucks ass now, you know? it's It was like it, – it was like uh, – experienced it when – would change anyone forever, you know? But I was like, as a young man, man, I just wanted to fucking get high. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? And then this all changed the entire existence. You become now a felon. Like, you know, you have to deal with these things. And like, like I can only imagine if this happened to a 19-year-old kid, I'd believe them. If they are like, man, no, I just wanted to fucking have a good time. I was just trying to, you know. But it's like, this is the dangers we like to fuck with in the 21st century in the United States. Like, what's cool? What's culturally prevalent? Snorting Xanax? Like, when I was in high school, that's what a lot of kids were doing. I wanted nothing to do with it. And I'm like I never like snorting anything, for what it's worth. It was never yeah. my gig. I don't, my nose is sensitive already.
1: <laughs> I, I bet, like, I mean nowadays, chemicals up there, but nowadays, nowadays no, you'd origin. find high schoolers all slumped or whatever because of all the fentanyl and tranquilizer and the fucking...
0: You think? Yeah. Or they'd yeah. just be smoking them dab pens all the time.
1: Well, they'd be dabbing and then they'd be slumped.
0: <laughs> all day, though, they're just, they're just, like, zombie, modern zombie, bro, by the end of the day. Yeah. Don't tell me they're not tired, bro. Fucking A.
1: I don't think they did the designer kind of psychedelics that we did we did like some kind of holy trinity of shit that
0: folks this is tyler Barrow from the symbiosis now network i want to shout you out real quick and say thank you for listening to the symbiosis now podcast if you're into podcasts if you know someone that's a farmer a friend of a farmer a horticulturalist a scientist an agronomist a pca a grape grower you name it send them over check out the Cali Ag podcast where we discuss all things California agriculture. You can find the link in the description to that podcast. And while you're at it, go give us a follow on Instagram at symbiosis.now.network. Let's get back to the show. But so is that what this is considered by these books you have in front of us here? The guy that wrote this, does he revere them as something that's great or as something that's it sounded like something to be aware of? Like this is an insane chemical right here. You got to uh, be careful with this shit.
1: Honestly, you have to respect it as for what it is because a psychedelic, you always have to respect like because, no matter what, no matter what, because like if you overdose, obviously it goes bad. Like what will happen to us? Like, me, I I ended up, like, in a hospital in a coma and shit. Like, it's terrible, man. But, like, it opened my mind up to so many other stuff. Like, mine wasn't as bad as yours because, like, I would hate to wake up to law enforcement and all that stuff. Yeah, another level. For
0: sure. It's hard to compare. That's why I'm not trying to make it about me either by telling those stories. I'm just trying to give the listeners some insight if they didn't want to go listen to the prior episodes where I've discussed this. That way, they kind of know where we're going with this, like you know.
1: Definitely, like, like the pressures
0: that be in the modern time, like you know.
1: Like, what this is supposed to do is, it's supposed to like rearrange your synapses and like create new pathways for chemicals to rearrange in your brain. It's quite incredible, actually. This guy, um, Rick Strassman, that book that I gave you, Um, the DMT uh, spirit molecule that book like he t- he's just like he talks about like how dmt can rearrange brain patterns and all that stuff and basically you know revive brain cells which is impossible
0: right people say they only die yeah. and have so many of them and they just keep dying eventually you only got so many left <laughs> that is true man like when you but do- if you can regenerate more somehow right why wouldn't you almost or what if those brain cells are evil like they're bad (laughs) they tell you to do the wrong thing in life like you know take care of your own body and your family instead of just thinking about work and slaving away to the man all day you know because i feel like that's the part of consciousness that most are focused on without slaving away just fucking just doing it grinding bro yeah, just grinding their ass fuck. and their fucking body, bro, just all day. Money. Twerking and working. <laughs> Money. Money is everything. You know what twerking took off is because it has the word work in it, bro. That's all we <laughs> fucking do. <laughs> so when you're at work and it says not safe for work, you're like, "Wow, oh, come on. Like, like, There's f- no one around, you know?
1: Fucking high spice. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but people do that <laughs> shit.
0: You know people do that shit. But yeah, dude, like
1: uh, these, these uh,
0: chemical structures that are created and people ingest like, they're not the same as like the old stories of the 70s where it's like, yeah, I did acid, man. Like they were actually eating LSD most of those times. Like for sure, that's what was being distributed.
1: It's impossible to get that now. But like
0: now, yeah, it's not what you think it is, man. Like you, 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 yeah. And, and this is – the the stuff we tried was an example of what we thought it was comparable to, so we were down to try it. But it was not the same at all. It's not the same. I'm sure it whatever it says in this book does not say the same thing for LSD.
1: Well, the thing about it is LSD is like really rare. You cannot really <clears> – <throat> To f- actually get it? Yeah, you cannot really find it in the streets. You'll find something similar to it like a DMA or – uh-huh desoxy or, or something that has like the same kind of feeling but the original acid that shit was only made like a cool like five times throughout American history
0: they would mass produce it like lysergic yeah. acid. Like the government was a yeah. big part the, of that the production government too. Was, the CIA, was one of bro. The five times. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, where Wild they mass shit. produced it. Dude, I heard stories, soldiers. though, people
0: would used to go to the gas station in the 60s before it became a thing, and they would buy sheets of acid at the gas station, like at the smoke shop. They could just go in and, like, if they knew the guy, they'd be like, hey, you got those sheets, dude? And they'd be like, yeah, you know I do, because it wasn't, like, outlawed yet. It was just this thing that's like, oh, no one knows. Why are these people dressing weird and playing guitars and doing weird stuff, you know? <laughs> Growing their hair out. What's wrong with these men, you know?
1: The thing is, when you read these books, dude, it's, like, hard to comprehend, like, anybody, like, coming up with the same structure as acid. Like, it's... Yeah. Especially nowadays. Like, I don't I don't think anybody would... Except I, for... Maybe, uh, maybe DMT. They that'd probably be a lot easier. Except for
0: Hamilton Morris, he'd probably synthesize LSD uh, real quick. He'd be like, I got some lysergic, I got some ergot right
1: here, we're gonna make the real deal, folks. Just Hamilton, the guy from Vice? Yeah. Dude, that's the guy that, that's like, the guy. I, that's the guy that I got the, the books from. Yeah? Yeah, he, he told me, well, like, I watched the YouTube videos, He told obviously. you, like, he
0: called you up and was like, Kyle, hey, oh, check this shit out.
1: Bro. I feel like he was talking straight to me. He was just. But like, he does hey, that.
0: Because he knows the world. Right, I feel like he knows the other worlds, like kind of, because he literally s- makes synthesizes the chemicals for like journalistic uh,
1: education. What would
0: you say his name was? Hamilton Morris, I I was the guy th- with the glasses. I thought
1: it was Alexander Hamilton. No,
0: the guy with the glasses, and he always wears white and shit. He traveled down south. He travels all over. Are you yeah, he, about him, he, he,
1: he did that frog in South America or whatever. Yeah, he did the toad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then he did that
0: story on the guy who developed the toad, where he went down to South America and he found the toad and he squirted it on the windshield of his fucking jeep or some shit, and then he let it dry in the sun and chiseled it he off into a crack it. pipe and smoked that shit into and glass found DMT from a toad like that, bro. Because he knew the science, he was like, yeah, this is gonna work. It's gonna for sure fucking work. In the 21st century, they're gonna smoke their shit. They're not gonna they're not gonna go down to down to the Amazon and drink this. And before they drink the ayahuasca before they drink this they have to do this ceremony all stuff a lot of americans can't do that they want to (laughs) just smoke it and go straight to heaven like he saw the future of the drug world sadly right it's so funny because a lot of people are like oh you smoke weed most people are like i eat it or like i just vape it but the way that people have ingested cannabis for so long has been smoking it too people smoke tobacco for hundreds of years people have smoked cannabis for hundreds if not thousands of years like you know
1: i only trusted in a in like a fucking apple pie, bro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's gotta,
0: gotta be organic.
1: Don't know. panic, it's organic.
0: One time I was in Big Sur with Allison and we were just parked next to the ocean all cool. Um. And I shit you not, there's this shirtless and in shorts dude on a skateboard, not a longboard, a fucking skateboard with the small wheels cruising down Highway 1 in Big Sur. There's like no town for miles and he just skating shredding and then he stops and he's like what's up guys and we're like what's up and he's all out of breath and we're just like fuck dude we're just trying to chill and we're like what's going on and he's like you guys want to buy some weed (laughs) we're like nah bro we're good we we got some weed but i appreciate it bro and he's like don't panic it's organic so ever (laughs) since i heard that guy say that i always think every time i i think of panicking when you're buying drugs i think of that guy because you should panic probably this guy's fucking strange then he tells us a story this fucking week has been crazy, man. I was about to go to this concert, the System of a Down concert, but the, the guy that sold me the tickets revoked the tickets, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to make a little extra money, but anyways, I'm gonna keep skating. So then he takes off, right? Hours later, we go to the gas station or something. I see this guy, this weird looking dude, bro. Irishman as fuck, bro. Got the, the, the top hat on with the sideburns, tattooed as fuck. Got patches all over his like... His like uh, vest, but it's like he looks like
1: he's got a top hat,
0: total Cali swag, bro. You know what I mean? He's yeah, he's got a top hat on with like a feather in it, right? He's a wild dude, he's been around Irishman, you know? yeah, yeah. Like in the sense of like he'd be like talking like this all the time and say some wild shit. I'm like, yo, I think this guy might be like a little off, but then we started talking to him. We smoked weed with this guy randomly in Big Sur because he somehow ended up at a spot that only the locals knew to surf at. We were trying to find the little secret spots in Big Sur because the secret's out, right? There's all these spots that you got to find. Everybody goes to Big Sur to serve. Yeah, and you got to find the pockets because it's not just Mm -hmm. anywhere where you can even get access, let alone the rocks and the the amount of danger that's afoot. People still do it, bro, where there's rocks right there and I see guys shredding waves, and I'm like, dude, if this guy goes off, he's smashing his head into that rock. But there's just surfing right there, bro, killing it. But me and this guy, we're chilling and Allison's chilling. He's got his dog. This guy was hella nice. His name was Eli. I remember this guy to this day. He's ripped out a plant from in front of the Big Sur Hotel Inn or whatever right there where the gas station is like $10 a gallon. He ripped a century plant out that's in my front yard right there, bro. Gave it to us. He said, this is my gift to you. And I was like, but you just ripped it out of this place of shit. Like, he's kid. like, yeah, dude, he was just a weird guy, you know. But he was somehow so interesting that it was like, is he real? Because how did he come across us in this one area where you don't really see anybody twice when you're traveling back there? And then you also saw this other guy that as we're in the car driving to the store, he's telling us about how he ripped, he took these tickets for System of a Down away from his homie, and that's the skateboarder guy who somehow brought that up to us. like. What a weird world we live in, bro. Same guy. He was talking about this guy that was on the
1: skateboard. Oh, so that's the guy.
0: He was saying that, yeah, like, I had to, like, uh,. I'm trying to sell these system of a down tickets and then we're like, What the fuck? And then we told him the story about the skateboarder guy that just told us that he was going to System of a Down, but now he like got his tickets removed so he's gotta buy tickets again. He's trying to sell wheat and he's like, Fuck that guy. I told him I was gonna take him with me, but I had no intention of taking him with me or whatever. I'm trying to sell these tickets right now or whatever. And we're like, What? Dude, what a weird world in Big Sur California. And System of a Down was playing there or so, no, not there, but somewhere, bro. You know, somewhere uh, like in somewhere, the somewhere. fucking state, like there. in San Jose or something yeah. up north, you know what I mean, or something.
1: Aftershock or
0: something. But all I'm saying this story at all, literally, is because when you're in weird places and there's weird things going on, weird things happen. And then psychedelics is a prime example of that. Because when people talk about taking a trip, you know, you're tripping, you know, whatever that means. You literally feel like you went somewhere else. Like you took a trip to another, not another land, dimension, some people would call it that but you went somewhere else it was a journey like you said at the top like this is a 24 hour journey that you should give yourself if you're going to adjust something like this definitely yeah and 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 most people don't have that much time to give you know which is sad yeah because and,
1: like i think this changed my life completely yeah like for the worse or for the better like this this definitely like pointed me towards a path at least because I wasn't on a real path, really. I was just going to Ridley College, just to go to Ridley College, you know?
0: Shout out to Dr. Smith. Dr.
1: Smith. Shout out to Julio. RIP. RIP. George Heaton. Remember George Heaton? No. Uh, the forestry dude before.
0: I remember Robert Campbell. RIP.
1: Uh, I don't know if George Heaton died. I think he's he lives on Reed. Uh, you know the big greenhouses before you go down Vena? Or after you go down Vena? You're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's him. He lives with like his Asian girlfriend. Let's
0: dox him, bro, right here, full on. Yeah. where he lives. Oh <laughs> yeah,
1: <yeah, bro>, sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we're talking about some wild ass shit, so we're getting off in the weeds. We had some yeah. drinks, folks. Yeah. Forgive us. Sorry, Come on, sorry. man. We have to cope with things that have happened in the past and
1: this is how we do it. Yeah. And this is the second podcast really, so
0: so check out the other one, number yes. 77. And then the one before that, number 18.
1: All three isomers of methamphetamine have also been looked in, into, man. The artho and meso to methamphetamine are weak anorexics. six. Okay, so he's basically talking about how we're weak against meth, I guess. But... The DOC specifically, at 75 milligrams orally in a man, there is clearly adrenergic stimulation. I'm not sure what that means. adrenergic. Here, I'll look that up real quick.
0: I don't know. It sounds like, uh, I don't know.
1: Hmm. Let's see. Okay, adrenergic, adrenergic, related to denotive nerve cells in which epinephrine, adrenaline, or norepinephrine, norepinephrine or similar substance like that neurostimulants
0: okay. so basically like epinephrine norepinephrine which is like your uh, fedral glands which is like your adrenal glands or whatever right so it's like yeah. your your push so that's what it's... amphetamines stimulate too right is yeah. what it was saying before that but now it's saying that this substance that we tried DOC has those tendencies to make you feel like you're amped up like yeah. you're methed out kind of
1: pretty sure it affects your adrenal your
0: nerves in yeah. a weird way to where maybe your body feels like you are but are you actually active
1: well, it says signs of mild toxicity such as salivation, coughing, and vomiting. There's a mystery, at least to me, concerning the commercial production of 2.5 DMA. Okay, that says something else at regular intervals. Drug Enforcement Administration schedules one. So the drug we took is scheduled one, which is less than Oxycontin, really. Whoa. Yeah. So the Drug Administration also has a hold of these books, obviously. So they scheduled it one category of the usual listed amounts such as grams of this and a few grams of that, that are probably of uh, for analytic purposes since there are only medical use by definition for drugs in this schedule. So basically, only doctors would use this and not really for any real purpose, only for maybe like psychiatrists or something, like in a literal sense, like if you're going crazy or something. Whoa. This is total designer shit. Like I think this book came out in 2000, oh, this PCAL actually came out in 2000 or 1990 something. But the second version of this book came out in 2008 for sure. So this one was his 90s. This is when he got raided, like, back in 2001 or two, when he got raided. Yeah. And his second book talks about it. He got raided, and he went to uh, Brazil, and that's when he did the MDMA trials and gave MDMA to the biker gang in California, and that's how MDMA got distributed in California. Wow. That's, a, that's how ecstasy and all that rave drug got distributed. Wow. All throughout California because he technically gave it to him these books are actually fiction but they're they're not he just wrote them as fiction because of the names he used and he can't really put he can't really call them fact because this actually happened like the da raided his lab and all that stuff and he's honestly he's like the god of all psychedelics alexander shulgin you never heard of him yeah for sure yeah yeah he's the guy that like was distributing stuff right out of his lab or something to shut his ass down. Yeah, yeah. He um, he worked for Dole before this. He actually synthesized Roundup. Yeah, glyphosate.
0: Yeah. So he's like a master chemist, like in the sense of like knowing exactly what to piece together, how to synthesize something, and get this refined product at the end. Of course, the DEA and the and 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 these these governmental agencies knew who this guy was. You know, it's kind of like Paul Stamets, the mushroom guy, Paul yeah. Stamets super super uh extraordinary mycologist who knows everything there is about different mushroom species worldwide like he's the master you could say almost right yes he knows about psychedelic mushrooms but more so he knows about all mushrooms and their abilities and he was doing research with certain mushrooms to the point of where the Defense Department wanted to know and subpoenaed all of his shit because they were like, what are you doing? Like you could be working with biological warfare for all we know Like we don't know because they at least had the decency to be like, wait a minute mushrooms and certain things could kill people You know if, if this goes unchecked, so they wanted in so then they ended up having him work for them and this guy's now this revered Psychedelic like genius right to some psychonauts in the world, but then more so he's a mycologist at heart, bro And he's fixed things like, he's developed methods to help the bees, like we were discussing at the top of the show. Like, somehow feeding some byproduct of fungus into the, the to the hive. And it, like, makes them immune to certain things outside the hive. And it's like a, a cure for colony collapse, shit like that, you know?
1: What's his name again?
0: Paul Stamets. S-T-A-M-E-T-S.
1: Hmm
0: he's the mycologist master. And I think that anybody who's like, you know, studied mycology at any point really would eventually run into that name because he's so big in in the industry, whatever you want to call the field. Um, The defense department eventually was like, hey, we need to know what you're doing, bro. Like, you know, and he's told the story. He's told the story like on a bunch of like Ted talk, I think at some point, probably and He was on Joe Rogan, right? He's been on a lot of platforms that he's talked about this openly, so. And I'll always tell the same story, you know, the stories of like how he got to be where he is. But usually he'll also in, in input some unique things like, you know, he worked for the Defense Department with these things because it's that, it's that uh, chemicals in general in the environment are that critical to human sustenance, human life. If there was something that was cutting fertility and the fecundity of humans as a species down to the point where they weren't procreating anymore – the government would intervene the government would feel obligated to because literally there's no people there's no government there's no money there's no workers there's no nothing so like sometimes we have to put the brakes on and be like well everyone speculates the fertility rates are going down and blah 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 but how extreme and then is that directly correlated to one thing what what is it correlated to we get exposed to so many chemicals in the environment on a daily basis how can we even say which one is specifically the reason why we have some kind of disease ailment cancer whatever it's hard to say because we come across so many toxic things in a day where we don't even think of toxic but they're toxic And yeah, especially in the agricultural communities like we live here in really, California, it's just surrounds us like, you know, all these petrochemicals that are just aerosoled into the air often that there's plenty of drift when you're driving by and shit like, you know, I mean,
1: glyphosate makes you sterile, like it's proven.
0: That's what they say, right? Like there's all this stuff that uh, could affect these rates and all this stuff. Right. But if it were really a problem, I think we would probably hear more about it. Like if it was such an extreme degradation. Because it wouldn't be deniable. It would be undeniable, you know. Well, but there there are facts that rates have gone down. Some people would say that there's a difference between f- fertility amongst humans and fecundity
1: mm-hmm. of
0: human species, though. Because just because you, the population could be hella fertile.
1: Go, go over fecundity.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm going to say it. Like the population could be hella fertile in the United States. All the mm-hmm. females super ready to have a baby, right? Like their eggs are on point maybe, right, and stuff. Uh, the males, they could be fucking pumping sperm, bro. Like they got the swimmers, their testosterone's on point. Whatever's going on, their sperms are ready to to make it the extra mile and impregnate an egg and create a fucking baby, right? Yeah. What if that were the case? Like, say, if it was most of the population, they actually could do that. Say, 75 percent, because there's always people that just somehow that something's not something's not potent in the mix, whatever, right? People have their own situations, Genetically, right? Yeah. Whatever, right? Yeah, there's tons of reasons why people wouldn't have kids and it's so uh, daunting because it's probably like one of the saddest things for someone to feel like they can't because there's a point where I think most of us want to, you know, so shout out to you if that's the case. I'm just trying to say like, say if 80% of the population could have kids, they're all fertile. If they fucked right now, they could make a baby, right? All the people that are of age and uh, fertile, like not postmenopausal or like an old man who maybe his sperm's not running anymore or something right there or, 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 or whatever but we have methods in place in the states that are like birth control right plan b uh abortions all these things that keep the fertility rate actually down right because maybe now a girl that is fertile is on birth control they're no longer fertile it they technically would be if they weren't taking this birth control so then that, that changes the fecundity rate, meaning like who's actually going to be – have? how many actual situations are going to be plausible to make it in the environment that they live in? I think there's factors such as money being shorter that people want to have less kids too is a huge factor in why people maybe that are fertile but they purposely wear a condom or whatever. They use birth control of some kind or whatever to purposely not get pregnant mm-hmm. even though if they weren't taking that, they would be fertile. It's a different type of statistic that we're dealing with in the modern day.
1: Definitely. you know
0: because the fecundity is like the actual possible uh logical rate that people could procreate but if they feel that they can't there's not enough money to go around to procreate that cuts that fecundity down versus their fertility could still be high but people maybe aren't trying to <coughs> impregnate nobody logically you know what exactly. i mean that's okay but that's the difference between fertility and fecundity from like what i understand you know there's like a given amount of resources in a, in a uh, environment that will also limit the reason for certain populations to reproduce. And humans are selective in that. A lot of animals, maybe they just, they just go on their instinct and they fuck. And you could say it's almost like rape in nature, you know, often with creatures. Um, humans do that too, sadly. But like humans often want to choose who they procreate with. And it's like a long game of tag and you know and shit between different females and males and whatever sex you are you know what i mean you're trying to you're trying to bounce around until you find your mate right you know and then maybe you don't stay together maybe you don't mate for life but you you are selective in that process sometimes without us even knowing it maybe when we look back we're like damn i chose a good one to get pregnant what a beautiful <laughs> baby what a smart
1: baby you know it's definitely complicated as fuck dude.
0: yeah right for sure but there's so many ins and outs you know to the possibility of who we are and where we live and so, environment that so
1: fecundity is like the real amount, like after birth control and after...
0: I mean, it's. I guess I factored in all those things with humans, mm-hmm. be, with birth control stuff, because that's a prevalent thing that makes us a little more unique I than mean, in a natural ecosystem, like a forest ecosystem, animals are going to... You know, procreate and stuff, but also if there's too many predators, say if all of a sudden there was an influx of predators or if the, if, if the government said, we're going to put hella wolves in this area, now maybe that, the fertility of the population is still at a high percentage. But if there's not that many of them that are actually able to pr- reproduce or if they're all related and they're now incestual and then the, the offspring doesn't actually make it, yes, they were fertile, but did it actually make a population, Mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of factors that going into actual survival and consistent survival. We all take it so far for granted every day. We have no idea how we could be succumbed by a virus, a disease, a bacteria, anything at any point really, and we could be gone like that, you know? And then so even as a child, like childbirth was the most cause death i think for a long time in females like that's the reason why a lot of mothers would die in childbirth or the baby would die in childbirth they the the parents were fertile they made a conceptual baby and the baby made it all the way to to the earth technically but then passed away in childbirth so technically there's not a growing population that didn't add to the population and then the genetic pool you could think even bigger than that right it didn't happen because they sadly died at birth so therefore the fertility rate could still be high but the fecundity, the actual ability to sustain and grow a population to make more genetic offspring. You know that's fecundity it's like a deeper element of fertility fertility is often discussed on the on the surface you know yeah but we have to look into the actual fecundity right and I think that the economy is dictating a lot of people do not want to have more kids I feel like I'm in that category most most of my younger life mm-hmm. I don't want to have more kids because it's it's more money you know ultimately you know and then it's it's noticeable in different past, past generations where if there's um, there's, you're a farmer, you're going to keep trying to have kids and you want to keep having a male sadly so you can make them slave away and work hella hard on the farm. But when you have females, they don't, they, they don't want them to work on the farm because the females are supposed to work in the house or whatever because they were a matriarchal system like in the states in the colonial times really, right? Spoke, so what I'm talking about. And it would be more like uh, we, we're going to keep trying to have kids because it's more help on the farm. It's free labor is what it is really. But then as people don't farm as much maybe. You know you live in the city you just get a job at fucking starbucks or whatever nice or the gas station or whatever every day and you're just trying to raise a family holy shit bro like that's that's like you don't want to have more kids because then it means i need to get a fucking job where i'm getting triple this pay there's no way i can get that job right now from my standpoint you're trying to battle uphill it's the constant battle of sisyphus every day in most cultures globally but in the United States culture it's very prevalent every day we're trying to roll that rock up the hill for it to just roll back down anyways and if you make one misstep it's wrong all the way back down to the bottom uh, way start back all down. the Star way over, over again it. and you even when you get to the top there's no setting place for that stone it's going to roll back down right you know
1: someone's got cancer S- Thus is life happens. right that's the yeah. the
0: tale of sisyphus or whatever the paradox of sisyphus and i feel like that all the time and i think that um, whatever we had tried with the substance back then it, it it helped me in this weird indirect way to realize life is short like you could wake up in a fucking bed going to prison bro like you don't know what's going to happen the next moment and most moments are great the next moment but if you don't take it in you don't realize it it's like, useless to you you know your journey's most meant to make you feel alive constantly not make you feel like you're dying and you're giving it all away to the man and that. You know? did, did you like unlock something before you went to prison? Like, I didn't go to prison though. I went to jail, but like, that's what yeah. they're threatening in court and stuff and saying, I have to take this plea deal, blah, 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 you know?
1: I bet you were in jail for a minute though. Yeah. Se- 75 days. Shit, dude. And
0: then I went to a program for 180 days. Jesus. Which is six months.
1: Was it like a like a drug rehab program? Yeah. That? Yeah? Yeah. It was because they didn't know what the fuck you took, huh?
0: Yeah, they just thought I was just some hippie, dope drug addict with no life.
1: That's, that's what they thought about me. Like, they were just like, oh, he's on crystal meth. He'll be all right in a couple of days. And, like, <laughs> I didn't get out of it until, like, a week later. That's wild. But you got out of it, like... I
0: don't know. Because it's hard to say because I was just woke up in a daze anyways. I was literally hospitalized, bro. I couldn't walk. had a catheter in my dick for like two, three days. And then they took me out of the hospital
1: and like walked that, me through a, a tunnel and a put catheter? me in a cop car. Were yeah. you like in a coma or something? Yeah, I was put into like a coma overnight. Me too, dude. Like I was in a – like – and I didn't get out of it until like a week later. They were just like, "Dude, we have no idea. It has to be crystal meth, but you tested negative for all that for all substances." Mm-hmm. I didn't even smoke. I remember I tried to smoke weed with you that day, and I I didn't even smoke weed that day. So I was like, clean all around. Weed, coke, <sighs> meth, all that stuff, and they were just like, "What the fuck?" So what did we do, Kyle? What it, the fuck? It's called DOC. <laughs> um, let me see if I can find the
0: this is like a PSA podcast too it's not glorifying like you know uh, reverently taking some kind of unknown substance and just thinking it's going to take you somewhere great like you have to be very careful with no matter what you've experimented with in your life you know yeah
1: definitely respect it like you have to respect psychedelics like more than any other kind of drug
0: if you're going to mess with them and even if you don't you probably should because it's almost like the other side of the of the reality that we live, sometimes you know, yeah. is then this other realities, these other realities that you know are parallel to us, side by side, playing out. You know, some Rick and Morty type shit, you could say.
1: You will see some shit you're not supposed to see as a human.
0: Yeah, and stuff like that too, for yeah. sure. D O C. Doc, doc Doctor orders I'm
1: Doc. <laughs> In the area of psychedelic drugs, the value of 2.5 DMA is mainly in this role. Phil attack. This is, these uses can found under such things as 2.5. Okay. The rationale for this work is found to be commentary under ID NNA. I guess it's kind of like another substance that he developed. In essence, it has been found. The N substitute. Okay more 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 chemistry uh, most of these 2.5 dimethoxy exploratory compounds were made of reluctantly okay however the study of various direct ideonations and fluorinations, fluoridations that have the nn dimethyl substitute with emphetamine nitrogen atom required for proteo okay Yellow underwent reductive uh, emulation, dimeth- dimethylamine hydrochloride and MEOH solution using sodium carbohydrate Carbohydride to give the target compound 2.5 What the fuck? Okay. There's, I'm looking for the place where he says what it feels like.
0: Folks, when you're driving a vehicle out there on the road, California requires you to have insurance. And the only guy that I know to properly execute your insuring needs is Alfredo Vargas over at Academy West Insurance. If you're not getting insurance from Alfredo Vargas over at Academy West Insurance in Reedley, California, I literally don't know who you're being insured by i literally don't know i know there's only a few left in california that'll even insure you but if you're in the market for it or you know somebody that needs some insurance right now you better call up alfredo vargas over at academy west insurance at 559-638-3800 and you gotta tell him that the symbiosis now podcast told you what's going on and you need insurance so shout out to alfredo over at academy west insurance collaborator with the symbiosis now podcast look out for the shirts Ooh, they are definitely stylish and tune into the episodes where alfredo is centerfold of the interview so folks go get yourself some insurance what are you doing listening to a podcast or something
1: okay a report from south america found a intoxication to be largely pleasant with an enhanced interest in one's surroundings, so did you feel like um, you were trying to figure out where you were at? Yeah, like maybe like where, like where in the world am I?
0: Oh, I felt like where in the universe am I? What am I? Where am I? What is my what is my little pst, mist of an existence? I felt like I had an antenna. Beep 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 off of my head like an insect or something like where they have the antennae and shit and they're trying to tune into what? What am I supposed to do? What is my calling? What am I trying to do? You know, it was that over and over, but that's really all I remember. I don't remember much other than that. It
1: didn't feel like it didn't feel like PCP or acid. I felt like I was
0: drowning at one point for some reason, like in my own phlegm of my chest or something. I felt like. a creature in his little go-kart because I was driving my old Ford Ranger that I crashed. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was a creature in a go-kart, like a frog or something. And I was just cruising around like a cartoon with an antenna, beep, 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 off the top. Like I'm trying to figure out where I'm supposed to go right now. Like I think I was in full-on panic mode. I think I was overdosing on whatever the substance was. I think my brain in no way, shape, or form could really comprehend the intensity because i think we overdosed bro like really like i don't think that my brain could really make sense of anything and probably blocked a lot of it out on purpose to protect me in this weird way because i was very sheltered at that age i still am but like i was very sheltered at that age before all that happened you know definitely my brain would want to like not let me know what i probably saw or happened
1: you know i think about that a lot too you didn't see any like geometric shapes or anything you didn't have like a Spiritual awakening or anything like that.
0: Nah, because I, I remember looking up and thinking I saw the light, but then it was like that was in the ambulance when they were like putting me, like shackling me to the little
1: uh, strapping you down to yeah the, strapping down to yeah. the thing, you know. Me too.
0: But then it's like I remember thinking like I'm going to heaven, boys. Like I thought I was floating up. Did up, you see up, the dead? Up, Did up, you see up, any
1: dead relatives or anything
0: like that? No, I saw my live relatives, like my dad somehow. And then I, I thought of Allison many times, like, that's my soulmate. Like, how could I leave her now? Like, you know, why would I leave right now? What did I do? Like, why, why can't we just be together and it just be like a simple a love story? Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I was a kid, man. I mean, but I still, like, think that there was a lot to that because there was my calling partially in that that was like, why can't I just have another chance? Like, don't let me die now. Kind of like when you're begging before God, like, before you die, but it, not verbally. This was all... Cerebrally, like just happening somewhere in my mind.
1: You, you didn't go through like a cartoon phase where everything felt like a cartoon?
0: I feel like at the beginning before I wrecked my truck, I think that's how I felt, if anything, it was yeah. cartoony. Like I could see myself, uh, like as if there was a camera angle above my truck, I could almost see it like from a bird's eye point of view, you could say, right, what I was doing, you know? Mm. Which is weird. I don't know what that even means. It means nothing really, right? Just a crazy story. One crazy night with some crazy kids got a hold of some crazy chemicals. But these things, you know their reality where people try things you know what when the first person that or or when someone got hit up for the first time they're like you want to smoke this fucking globy, bro and they're like what is it what does it do what's it make you feel like they're like just trust me and then they hit that globy with that meth in there or whatever and they get fucking jacked and they think it's like the best thing because they've never even done any drugs or maybe drank anything i've heard these stories from young people too where the first drug they tried was meth and they fucking thought it was awesome and they would do it like every week or whatever on the weekends and i'm like what
1: the fuck i heard that like meth was actually like a like a weekend drug like a recreational like you just want
0: to get twacked the fuck out clean the house and fuck or or something like 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 a rich people drug yeah (laughs) Yeah, well amphetamines like uh adderall is a a rich people drug you could argue though because a lot of uh journalists a lot of wealthy politicians probably all this stuff they have to be up all the time i'm sure that they take adderall like prescribed by the doctor well you know, you say you're a little tired and you're lethargic. Well, we got the answer for that. And it's often of like amphetamines. Yeah. Well, it's not methamphetamine because it doesn't have the methyl group attached to it, but it's uh-huh. amphetamines. You know what I mean? It's uppers. It's what the Nazis were giving their soldiers basically in a, in a lower dose. <laughs> you know, but they give that to kids for ADHD and shit. Like, you know. Just a
1: little bit of meth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's the same medication, you know. It's basically to get you up, but they sell it legally through the pharmaceutical companies. But, you know, when I'm my young days, before this incident, I had tried Adderall a few times and gotten all jacked up, irres- you know, recreational, ir- irresponsibly. and Got a lot of things done. Had a good time, you know. But the reality is a lot of people don't know how to reel it in. They, they take those uh, pills, whatever you want to call them, those Those quick fixes over and over daily when they're prescribed by a doctor there's no way getting away from those substances you know if you stop taking that you would feel like you're a zombie like you're not doing anything in your life if you just stop taking amphetamines like the doctor prescribed you know so it makes sense why tweakers when they're like smoking this weird ass street methamphetamine that was like made in a Gatorade bottle with like rat poison and blah 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 sharded up dried on a windshield I don't (laughs) fucking know they're they're fucking tripping bro they're running in the streets like you know they're fucking shirtless dancing at the corner and they don't even have a tip jar homie they're just like yo what's up like you know they're on one they're enjoying life somehow but every day they want to go back to it because life sucks other than that And then it's like, but, you know, your life sucks because you literally don't even go back to a home anymore or anything, bro. You just thought this was better than that, you know. And there is a point where people do choose that being high, changing their consciousness to believe that they are a better person is better than actually accepting that their life sucks
1: that's That's a big
0: part of why people do substances and keep it under wraps and lose their house and shit like you know and go too far with
1: it that's when they go home but drugs
0: are meant to be used too by humans i mean they're none other than that right they're meant to be used by like you know for for doctoral purposes or or self-medication like people do that all the time that's what drinking is
1: yeah don't tell me
0: it ain't that's what you're going for as you're drinking you're trying to self-medicate that's what you're doing you're just medicating your psychology a little bit you're trying to do that you know Everyone knows that. Anyone that denies
1: that is a liar. But, like, after reading that DMT book that I gave you, dude, like, I feel like that is the cure-all for addiction, for depression, for all kinds of, like, mental illnesses that people have.
0: That's what a lot of people suggest. But then some people suggest, like, is it important to, like, actually... Uh, see whatever this DMT or whatever these extreme psychedelics can show you while you're alive, or is it meant to be saved for when you die? Some argue that, you know, some argue that uh, this extreme use or this extreme uh, experience that you would have on a substance such as like DMT or LSD even or DOC or whatever these substances could be, yeah. it it may, uh, y- you know, a lot of people know in their in their like background of their mind that if they do that they'll probably never see life the same and a lot of people don't want to change their life they don't want to actually do what it takes to change their circumstances often at all we feel helpless a lot in the modern day I think a lot of people feel imprisoned by their helpless natures and their addictions whatever those may be even if it's just watching too much fucking Netflix or whatever the addiction is you know if it's substances if it's alcohol Drinking a bottle every night, you know, whatever people do. Of course, or whatever. Yeah, like uh, people are always looking for something to fill their void or their their distract their mind from what they're worried as fuck about because all they hear is turmoil on the news and everyone's just talking about how terrible things are and the economy's fucked and hey, you're fucked too if you don't get on on the move, you know. It makes people feel helpless after a while. And I think a lot of people when like uh, they get confronted by a true way to fix their, to solve their problem, whatever solve them, whatever problem that may be to actually maybe like shape their conscious mind up a little bit or whatever. That's what It is a journey and people don't want to take that journey often. They say they do, but most of us want that quick fix pill that we're told by the pharmaceutical industries that that's the answer. And that's not the answer. Everyone knows that even if you smoke DMT or you eat a bunch of mushrooms one time, it's not going to fix you. This is not a panacea. Nothing is a panacea to just completely fix you in one time you know and everything is just bliss after that no that's never what happens in fact a lot of friends that i've had that start eating mushrooms even like they start feeling like their anxiety goes higher and stuff because they don't know what to do with it but it's because you have to listen to the medicine if you're really about it if not Mm -hmm. you need to get involved with someone that really understands that medicine so that way they can help guide you like shamans do and all this weird shit. but if not you have to stay in tune and revere the psychedelic very seriously because if you don't you're just off in the weeds man like a lot of people do that you know we all do that in our own life uh, on our journey we go on little side quests all the time but if you're like messing with powerful medicines and you're just kind of like thinking it's just about getting high or you think it's just going to fix everything in that moment it is not what it's going to do it's going to fix you in the long run and you have to be in it for the long run and you have to mean that has to mean if you think that you shouldn't be rude to people all the time. Maybe you need to stop being rude to people all the time. Oh, but that's my MO. My Instagram handle is literally at rudebitch99. You know, how can I not be the rude bitch all the time? Like people want to live and be what they commit themselves to things. They commit themselves to ideologies. They, could, they marry themselves to political values, you know what I mean, when it's not necessary to do so. And when you actually actually confronted, say, using a psychedelic or even just smoking weed because it's a mild psychedelic, uh, a lot of people they see things and they realize, oh, I'm a bad person. You ever heard someone say, I can't smoke weed anymore because all I think about is I'm a bad person. I can't. I just think about this time I was mean to this person, all this stuff. I've heard people say things like that, and often to me it's signaling that maybe the medicine was telling you stop being mean to people. Stop
1: being a bitch. Yeah,
0: but and then maybe if you used it for a couple more weeks on little doses or something, maybe you would have had that epiphany and you would have been like, you know what? No, I'm just being stubborn. Maybe the medicine was right for that in that run. Maybe it was right telling me to stop being mean to people. It wasn't trying to make you feel bad. Weed doesn't try to just, you know, pick a fight with you, this substance or this this, this herb that grows. It doesn't want to pick a fight with you. Maybe it's telling you to get your shit straight. And that's when you want to look into the medicinal part of this because otherwise someone could just be like, you're just smoking weed. It's just weed. But it's like, no, it, there's a medicinal part of this. And when people smoke big doses of cannabis like they do in the modern world, it's potent as shit. You take a bong rip of some potent weed, you're fucking high. And if someone never does that or they rarely do and then they smoke and they're like, oh my God, I just feel so paranoid. I'm so I'm so scared and all this stuff. It's like, well, the life is fucking scary. And it's telling you, don't forget that because every move you make could be detrimental later. It all ends somewhere. It all adds up to some kind of uh, journey that you're on. And if you're just kind of lazing around, you're missing life. Some people are like, oh, it makes me feel lazy. It's like, well, then don't be lazy. And they're like, well, when I smoke weed, I get lazy. Well, then don't smoke weed smoke it and get the message and then don't be lazy. You know, I don't know. Like, I feel like people are always like, oh, it makes me feel bad or this and that. And I think that that falls into the same realm of when people start talking about psychedelics. Now, if you start talking about mushrooms or LSD or whatever these other substances are, a lot of people, Like, oh, no, I can never do that. I can't smoke weed. I'll freak out. And it's like, well, maybe literally if you're on some kind of journey and you're frustrated with your life, maybe that would actually help. But you'd have to actually listen to the medicine and take a proper dosage and be kind of well versed in this before you just jump right in. You know people don't just take a dab they out of a, a bong rip a and you never smoked weed before in your life like you're gonna trip the fuck out you're gonna probably pass out you're gonna be overwhelmed it's gonna be too much for your brain to comprehend you know you have to work up psychologically to what you're in for and a lot of people get scared off by not doing that and thinking they had a bad trip or whatever that is when they eat mushrooms or they smoke weed even or whatever but it's because they're not coming to it with reverence and a lot of people i think When they're dealing with actual medicines, not just drugs, when we're talking ancient herbal remedies, things like that, there's messages that are almost cerebral that you're supposed to be listening to, not just uh, thinking that it's gonna just take all your problems away or something like that, you know? Definitely. You're supposed to be empowered by whatever you use as a tool to help you become a better person. And if it's not empowering, you know, then maybe it's not for you. But some things can be interpreted as disempowering because it makes you feel bad about the things you do in life or something. But you're anxi- actually be more empowered if you accepted that and said, "I'm not going to be that way anymore. I'm more empowered by this situation and this in this experience."
1: Right. A lot of anxiety is associated with it. Like right. When they try to medicinal weed and stuff like that they just like straight up like nah dude i just got too anxious and it was just like so bad because that was me like honestly it's intense though it can be yeah yeah. for sure especially with all this new stuff and i'm not and
0: we're not sitting here saying like smoke weed and do psychedelics i'm saying literally like don't until you're fucking willing to actually accept the messages that those powerful medicines actually contribute to the conversation they do they
1: like honestly they are so powerful like they There's research on, like, curing cancer. There's research on, like, regenerating brain cells, like, as far as DMT, at least. And, like, it's amazing how that shit works, dude. Like, DMT, like, as far as the mind works, like, no one's ever found out how to regenerate brain cells. Like, and DMT has found a way to make new connections, which is, like, ridiculous what's even crazier
0: about dmt though like people always talk about it like this crazy like foreign substance like you know it's like apparently endogenous in the mind like in the pineal gland it like is produced or whatever like you you already have it and then also that uh psilocybin mushrooms like psilocybe cubensis and on and on all those psychedelic mushrooms mm-hmm. apparently are like one methyl group away from being the same chemical structure of dmt and it makes it orally active meaning it'll cross the blood brain barrier if you eat it like a mushroom like a psychedelic mushroom if you eat it it crosses the blood brain barrier so it will actually like you could eat it and it'll go into your bloodstream and get you quote unquote like yeah, feeling sure. effects True. From,
1: yeah
0: um but DMT, often people smoke it, right? Because it's it's not orally active. If you ate it, it wouldn't cross the blood brain barrier. It wouldn't go into your bloodstream through eating it. The acids would kill it before it would be there and all this stuff. Something about mushrooms, as it goes through you, the acids break it down into that form. Like the body's very aware of mm. what we're eating and it's going to get it into play. It's going to get it into motion by having all these acids hit it and as it gets to your intestine, it's going to go right into your bloodstream. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: I'm, I'm sure if you take enough mushrooms, you'll have a spiritual awakening. Like it's, All I'm saying is like they yeah. s-
0: literally like uh, Paul Stamets, the guy I talked about earlier, like um, will say that too. It's literally uh, – Terrence McKenna, great example, would always yeah. say that. It's literally like the same thing. It's almost the same alley, you could say.
1: Terrence McKenna, you is, know? is he the guy from um, – call it wild or something
0: like that. Or you don't have to go on the streets is what I'm saying and maybe like find some baggie of some weird powder that you think is DMT and you smoke it and you fucking die cuz it's fentanyl or something cuz no one really knows. Yeah. Versus like a bag of mushrooms, most of the time they're exactly what they look like and as long as you know that's what they're what these are. You can order a,
1: those online and be safe about it too. Right. I just mushrooms. feel like
0: it's a more organic uh, approach.
1: I wouldn't, I would, I, know, to I would like, rather we, order them online than buy them on the street. Cause there's like, ridiculous. but to like, yeah, yeah I'm just mm-hmm. saying like
0: to actually see the mushroom, just like with cannabis, to see the flower, not to buy the random uh, wax cartridge or whatever that's black market. We don't know what's in it now, you know, even that's kind of sketchy out there in the world, you know, but at least when you see the flower, most of the time, you know, like this is just flower. It could be rolled in something, I guess, but most of the time it's not the case when you buy it from the shops, like it's more legalized now in California and stuff. But a lot of people still buy weed on the streets man like you know oh, yeah or, definitely yeah all or right drugs so. on the streets
1: in general whatever substance that may be so i found what uh, dlc uh qualitative comments so this is what it's supposed to make you feel like i was hit with a slight light head the effect was quite real i was disconnected and somehow spacey but this was a favorable spacey which was kind of fun somewhere about The sixth hour, I realized I was beginning to drop off a bit, but six hours later, there was still a lot of memory. This was a long time. And he took 2.4 milligrams. So three grams into... We took about half... We took a quart each, probably, of that gallon. Mm -hmm. So three grams in that gallon. We probably took 1.5 grams between both of us, so 0.75 grams or 7.5 mil- no wait milligrams is
0: because we're going from grams to milligrams
1: though like yeah. it's hard so milligrams is like a thousand thousand of them equals one gram All Right. so we took 740 milligrams each 750 milligrams something like each? that is what yeah. the math seems like to me so 2.4 milligrams so 750 milligrams so we took probably 350
0: like times like yeah
1: Exactly. the dose 300
0: 300 times the dose <laughs> that's crazy dude yeah
1: math was way off
0: fuck yeah our scale was broken guys yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean it was so cheap like honestly I, at the time like uh, bitcoin was like maybe like $400 or something I bought it with like 20 American dollars so it was just like yeah. Three grams for twenty American dollars. And I bought like three different ones too, so I spent like maybe like a hundred bucks. Yeah. So I thought it was just like whatever, you know? Yeah. Did not respect the psychedelics. Have you heard of Silk Silk Road? Yeah. Yeah, that's where yeah. that's where Soaring got her from. Silk Road, bro. Yeah, yeah everyone knows. Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. Some wild shit on the Silk Road, folks. Chemistry's a
1: motherfucker,
0: people. <laughs> yeah,
1: ha- half of this book like tells you what um, how he came upon like be- becoming a chemistry, a chemist or alchemist or whatever. Yeah, uh, and then um, the other half is all chemistry of his valanthamines, uh, and then in Tcal, the first half is um, what happened after the first book which is when he went to Brazil and became an MDMA, basically conglomerate and just produced MDMA for... He produced MDMA for um, the biker gang, uh, Hell's Angels. Oh. Yeah. He, mm. And it's funny because he, he uh, he's the one who synthesized uh, glyphosate into Roundup. He worked for Dole the chemical company the agriculture Mm -hmm. chemical company yeah so and it's funny how he's the guy that we got into as far as uh, designer psychedelics
0: it leaves the conspiratorial mind to wander at times as well yeah cause what if glyphosate isn't just glyphosate what if it's actually something that is very well known to kill the biome of the mammals that eat it which in turn benefits the medical sector immediately.
1: It's it's actually <laughs> proven to make human sterile glyphosate. Like it kills like if you're pregnant and you're around like when they spray Roundup. If you're around and you're pregnant, like it kills your baby like straight up. Some wild ass shit, bro. Yeah. And like people try had tried to sue and like it never went through so anything, if this so.
0: guy created roundup though should we trust anything he says bro oh
1: definitely no. because he's real because he knows about it though yeah. he knows what
0: he created the problem is, is or what he helped yeah. be- make better or whatever he knows but it's just a matter of all these other chemical companies would never want that information to really get to the public like exactly. directly because and then they wouldn't sell it anymore that's
1: why he made these books fiction because well like he didn't re- use anybody's real name or anything, but, like, he really did get raided by the DA. Right, right. Like, the Drug Enforcement Agency, and he really did get fucked over and moved to Brazil, and and in Brazil, he really did have a whole ass adventure and shit. Right. These These are really hard to come by, actually. I'm kind of surprised I actually got these.
0: Black Market. You got those on the Silk Road, too, the books?
1: No, I got them from, uh, (laughs) embarrassingly enough, I got them from uh, Barnes & Noble's. That's what's up. Yeah.
0: Stolen from the redo library. Nah. Oh,
1: nah. I wish.
0: <laughs> Folks, Kyle Herrera and I went on a long ramble this evening because we just wanted to talk about some wild connections that we've had since this situation happened nine and a half years ago. Almost ten years ago.
1: I hope this helps somebody, like, honestly. Like, deep down, like, respect the psychedelics and just... Take what you're supposed to take, and don't like overdo it, for sure.
0: As goes for all substances. Just because we need you, we don't need nobody dying. We don't need. We don't want to have fun. You guys do your thing. Just come on, get your shit together a little bit. But with psychedelics, it is not the same as just some shit to get high on. Like you need to be careful and do some research. Yes, but also, I don't know, man. You got to get into like a spiritual mindset or something before you even venture anywhere near all that.
1: Like have a full twenty four hours to kill and have like a partner that'll that's not obviously high off the same substance and just be careful, you yeah. know.
0: Uh huh. PSA, folks, from Kyle and Tylo.
1: Definitely.
0: This podcast was created by the Symbiosis Now Network and can be found on Instagram for clips, highlights, videos, blah, blah, blah at symbiosis.now.network. And you can listen to the Symbiosis Now podcast as well as the Cali Ag podcast on Spotify, Apple, and all the platforms. Listener, be sure to tell your friends about the Symbiosis Now Network.